Now, turn with me, if you will, to the gospel according to John 6, chapter, starting with the first verse. It's gospel according to John 6, chapter. I said the first verse, so I meant the 35th verse. And we will read the 35th verse and then skip down to verse 41 and go from 41 to 51. And when you have it, please stand. Hear ye the word of the Lord. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. And the 41st verse reads, The Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Then Jesus answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up at the last day. It is written by the prophets, and they shall be taught, they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, anyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God, he has seen the Father. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. God's word for God's people and God's people said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, for the time that is ours to share together, I want to talk a little bit about the bread of life. Uh, I've learned a few things that may not be useful to others, but are pretty useful to me. One thing I've learned is that you can actually play a CD over and over again until it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> When you listen to the same song over and over again, you can actually wear a CD out. I knew you could wear a cassette tape out. Some of the younger people may not know what a cassette tape is, but you could wear a cassette tape out. You surely could wear an album out, but I did not know that you could wear out a CD. That was supposed to be digital technology and last longer. But yes, you can wear out a CD. How do I know you can wear out a CD? Because Fred Hammond came out with a CD with his group Radical for Christ. And it had a song on it that for a very long time I thought the name was Bread of Heaven. Because that was the first thing he said. Uh, uh, I thought it was either Bread of Heaven or Bread of Life. And the song is actually You Are the Living Word. But when we moved to Houston, from Indianapolis, we played that song over and over and over again. 
We played that song over and over and over again because we had a rough time when we moved down here. I can tell you how to feed three people on five dollars. There was a point in time where we didn't even know what we were going to say. But what we had in that Buick was a CD player and we played that song over and over again. Bread of life, sent down from glory. Many things you were on earth. A holy king, a carpenter, you are the living word. Bread of heaven, sent down from glory. Goes on later on to say awesome ruler, gentle redeemer, God with us, the living truth. And what a friend we have in you. You are the living word. Play that song over and over again. When we didn't know how we were going to eat, when we didn't know where we were going to stay. We played that song over and over again until the CD wore out. And then we brought another one and played that one over and over again until it wore out. Because we were concerned with this bread of life, this bread of heaven. In biblical traditions, and really in life in general, bread was a necessity. It was a basic human need along with water and clothing. If you had bread, water, and clothing, you were okay. You could at least survive. That was the important part of why they were so big on owning land back then, because if you had land, you could put crops on your land, and you could sustain yourself. If you could make food, you could sustain yourself. So bread was important. Bread was so important that they used it in conversation. When you were going to share hospitality with somebody, you broke bread. The people of God, while in the wilderness, ate manna, which was bread from heaven. They had a feast of unleavened bread to celebrate the exodus and remind themselves of the exodus out of Egypt. When there was a harvest festival and they were thanking God for all the crops that they, God had provided them this, this year, they were instructed to bring two loaves of their best bread. Even in slang terminology, when you have a lot of money, you have a lot of what? Bread. We pray in our prayers often, give us this day our daily bread. And of course, when we eat communion, when we partake in the Eucharist, we eat bread, which represents Christ's broken body. But bread is not only for physical food, but when we talk about it in the text, we also understand that it is spiritual food. And that is what Jesus was talking about when he said uh, in the passage of the sermon, he was about meeting more than just the physical need. The immediate physical need, rather. Now, Jesus can supply our immediate physical needs, but he wants to be more than that for us. See, at the beginning of John chapter 6 and about verses 1 through 15, Jesus feeds the 5,000. And then uh, 16 through 24, before we read, he walks on water. Right, right before all of this happened, before we read. And then uh, 25 through 34 verses the people want to talk about this. They just saw this man feed 5,000. 
and then they saw him walk on water. Now, I took a shower this morning, and uh, I was not able to walk on top of the water. Uh, the kids had breakfast this morning. We were not able to make the bacon and eggs multiply to feed the whole neighborhood. So here you have these people who just saw all of this. Saw the food multiplied. Saw Jesus walk on water. And they want to have a, a, a conversation about this. You can't see something like that and just go on about your business like that happens every day. So Jesus says to them in the parts before you're hearing, you think that you are looking for me or you want to act like you're looking for me because you saw the miracles. I'm paraphrasing the text. Uh, uh, but you are really looking for me because you had your fill of bread. We've had those kind of conversations where, you know, you need something from someone or you want something from someone and you can't just out and out ask it. You got to act like you know what's going on, how you doing, how's everything going. But Jesus caught him. I know why you really came. You got full off of this bread and you want some more. But Jesus says to them, you think you're looking for me because you saw the miracles, but I'm looking for you. you, you but I know you're looking because you, I met this immediate need. But don't work for food that's poisonous. Don't work for things that don't last. Don't work for things that you won't care about later. Work for things that give you eternal life. You want the bread that spoils, but you need to pursue the bread of life. You can get caught up in the day-to-day -day hustle, and then we forget that. We get caught up on things that don't last. Just like I said at the beginning of the sermon, uh, we, we wore the CD out. The CD did not last, but we got another one. We got another Fred Hammond CD. We got caught up on that. And just like I said, I can tell you how to feed three people on $5. That was a temporary situation. Have we gotten caught up in that temporary situation instead of focusing on the bread of life? We've still been trying to feed people. We've still been going to Wendy's and getting a junior bacon cheeseburger, splitting, uh, splitting the five-piece chicken nuggets, and then going to Time Wise, and we keep the cup. You get large... Uh, fruit punch and you keep the cup because it was a dollar oh nine to get the cup but if you if you came back with the cup you could refill it for 59 cents and then we share the nuggets and the junior bacon cheeseburger but if I got caught up on that we spoiled instead of focusing on the bread of life I may not be here today We have to get caught up on the things that can last. In the gospel according to John, there are some interesting things versus the uh, synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They call those the synoptic gospels. And uh, sometimes they refer to John as the fourth gospel because he tells his story a little differently than others. He focuses on what he felt was important. And one of the things about the gospel according to John is that there are no miracles. Only signs. 
So when Jesus multiplies the food, it's a sign. When Jesus walks on water, it's a sign. And what do signs do? Signs point you in the right direction. They point you to that destination. So they talk about him multiplying the food, the bread and the, and the fish. And they talk about him walking on water because that gets people to him to have this conversation about the bread of life. He also uses the phrase, I am, several times to let you know exactly who he is. We tend to focus on a lot of things, but we need to get back to the core of who we are. And he kind of beats them to the bush by saying, I am the bread of life, because he knew he was in the midst of some haters. Hater, urban English vernacular for a person that simply cannot be happy for another person's success. So rather than be happy about it, they make a point of exposing the flaw in that person. Hating, the result of being a hater, is not exactly jealousy. The hater just really doesn't want to be the person he or she hates. They, 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 they really would rather just knock someone down a notch. It's someone who can't be satisfied with their own life, so they have to speak ill of others. We all have our haters. Someone who may not care for us, not care for our people, our job, our preaching. We can think of a hater right now. And if we can't think of a hater, we might be the hater. We can all think of a hater then, even if we don't hang around them all the time. Some of them don't necessarily mean to speak ill. They just may be a little too critical about things. While others can't get to sleep at night unless they say something crazy about somebody. Haters will broadcast your failures. Whisper your success. So Jesus had these haters he was trying to cut off at the pass. He says he's the bread of life. And then right afterwards in 41 they say, I mean when he says it in 41 again, they say, well isn't this... Jesus, the son of Joseph. Whenever you make a change for the better, whenever you are trying to do what God has called you to do, expect somebody to try to remind you of your past. Try to tell you why they think you can't do it. But I'm here to tell you that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. That you are more than a conqueror than through him who loves you. Haters will try to remind you of your yesterday, but remember in Christ we are new creatures and all things have passed away. Maybe if they spend a little less time hating on you and trying to better themselves, they'd be able to move from yesterday to today. We have to expect our haters. We have to expect criticism. We have to expect these things when we start focusing on things that we don't always focus on. It's in some folks' nature. I met you like this, so I want you to stay like this. 
I met you out in the street, so I want you to stay out in the street. What's all this going to church for? What's all this studying the Bible? What's all this getting better? I met you without a degree, so I expect you to stay without a degree. I met you on the same level, so I can't allow you to get promoted. We have to move forward. They say the things that don't grow are dead. So we should always be improving ourselves. Focusing on the stuff that really matters as opposed to getting caught up on the things that don't. The true bread of life. Jesus handled their criticism. Some translations of the text say that they complained or they grumbled. The passage we read said they murmured. But I like that in focusing on what matters, Jesus did not directly address their issue. I uh, was in between jobs for a while, and while I was in between jobs, I spent a lot of time going to various places that would train me on how to find a new job and get a job. There was one called the Houston Career Initiative. There was another called Between Jobs Ministries. And then uh, the workforce would uh, put on uh, different seminars. And I would go to all these seminars because I didn't have a job and at the time. And I was looking for a job, and I figured that would help. One of the things that I remembered, one of the many things that I remembered from these trainings was uh, how to handle an illegal question. You know, when you are uh, interviewing for a job, and even when you have a job, there are certain things that are supposed to be off limits. They're not supposed to ask about your age, your family situation, orientation, all of these things. They're not supposed to ask that. But they said that in these situations, especially if they know that you're looking for a job, and especially since there will be hundreds of people asking for the same job you're asking for, and then just straight out of human nature, some people will ask questions or say some things that aren't necessarily legal. They don't mean well, they mean ill by it. It's just a conversation. And so in these prep trainings, uh, they would talk about how to handle these questions. And they said, you could, if you want to, get mad. You could, if you want to, say, that's illegal. I can't believe you asked me that question. I'm out of here. I'm reporting. But you need a job. So you have to handle certain uh, situations with tact. And so what they would say is, is because they assumed the best about people, they erred on the side of grace. When these kind of questions were asked, you were supposed to get to the question behind the question. So if somebody was asking about you having young children, you were supposed to respond with something like, well, I'm not sure what that would have to do, but I can assure you that I will be to work on time every day. Because they didn't mean to pry about your business, but if they asked a question about you having young children, they would assume that in the back of the mind, young children get sick, young children get hurt, you don't have to take off a lot, and we need somebody who's going to be here. So instead of attacking them for asking the question, you get to the question behind the question, and that is what Jesus was doing. He said to stop focusing on the here and now. Focus on the eternal. 
Only what you do for Christ will last. And not just me sitting in the pulpit talking to y'all once a week. Only what we all will do for Christ will last. I may sound like a broken record, but that's okay because that's the core of my theology. Uh, you all will preach more sermons than I ever will. You all will be the only Bible certain people read. There are people now who will not step foot in the church because of the way a particular Christian treated them. People have to come into the door to see me. I mean, yes, I'm out and about and I'm here and there, but you all will interact with way more people than I will. And when you interact with all those people, are you focusing on the temporary bread or the bread of life? Are we focusing on what the here and now is, the immediate, or are we focusing on the eternal? Get to the question behind the question. Jesus did that same thing. Focusing only focusing on for them what he could provide. The form of eternal life. They brought up the fact that they knew his mother and father because they were comparing what he said to the prophets. They were comparing what he said to their forefathers. And how dare you, who was born of somebody that I could see and touch, somebody who walked around, yeah, you walked on water, but you still married Joseph's baby. We can't touch Moses and Elijah and Elisha, but we can touch you. So how dare you get there? And that's why he said, let's focus on the eternal. Focusing on the prophets and the forefathers, they ate the bread of they ate manna from heaven or bread from heaven, and they died. Jesus is here trying to give us something that will last eternal. Believing in the bread of life will get you eternal life, and I mean that is why we are here today because of the gospel, G O S P E L. God's only son provides everlasting life. That is what we are here for. Because someone hung, bled, and died for our sins. And now sits at the right hand of the Father. For whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He took your sins and my sins and all of our sins and put them on the cross for us so that we wouldn't have to bear the burden, so that we wouldn't have to pay the price. Jesus, Jesus, that's what we call you. Manger born but on a tree. He died to save humanity. The living word. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come.